and welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Podcast Network. Do we have a podcast network? I don't even know. Damn, man. SNPN? Is that what it is now? Uh, I, I suppose. Um, mm. What's going on, Alex? Uh, it's, been a, it's been a long weekend. Happy Victoria Day. I know you big Hong Kongers are big fans of uh, Queen Victoria. So, Wow. You know, it's, it's a tough one for you guys. You know, I know you guys love the monarchy over there. <clears throat> yeah um damn yeah i guess i never know where this is gonna go when it's pod only man i just made you press record you know we didn't even get a chance Yo, we don't even to have catch a rundown, up and man. banter we have a rundown up top in the dock man oh, okay, you just okay. don't see it my bad my yeah. bad let me refresh don't worry we're prepped okay um, what do you want to banter not, about man uh well we just watched lakers nuggets yeah so so, so we should start with that yeah um you know shouts to the nuggets going to the finals bro um yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like going into the playoffs, too, especially in the West, felt like we were, like, trying to find a reason to pick, like, any team but the Nuggets. Like, we were trying to talk ourselves into, like, Golden State, Phoenix, even the Lakers. And I guess the Denver was just the team to pick all along, man, the number one seed. The funniest thing with the Nuggets, I think, is just they got so bored of being the best team in the West that they just started tanking their own performance in March. I think that's because that's when like people started like okay you know like we we turn our attention away from the trade deadline we turn our attention away from who's making the All Star game we turn our attention away from all the other controversies like it was like Brooklyn Nets every single day and all that kind of stuff and I was like Kyrie was doing this stuff and I was like all right we can now focus on the playoff run and meanwhile Denver had such a big lead on West they were just like all right screw it like we we don't even want to be a part of any of this so they had like a down month right when people started actually focusing on basketball. And so I think people were just kind of like, well, you know, this team is not really it. Uh, Meanwhile, they were just kind of resting because they knew that they could get into the playoffs. Like, I mean, they were going to have the number one seed. They could have clinched number one overall in the league, but they kind of just chose not to based on a bit of their their, their slacking. And then, yeah, of course, they got to the playoffs. The only time anyone talked about Denver, I felt like, was in the context of, like, can Jokic really be a three-time MVP? I mean, like, all right. Well, I mean, based on these performances, like he looks very much like a three-time MVP to me. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. Adam Silver, Adam Silver might gotta go grab that MVP from Embiid. Yeah, and hand it back to Jokic, man. This is the funniest MVP award for for Embiid to win, man. Yo, that's tough, man. Do you think Do you think Joel Embiid will swap his MVP for uh, the conference uh, finals trophy? That Listen, uh, Jokic man, is lifting uh, as we speak. As the stat has been circulating, uh, Nikola Jovic has more conference finals points in his career than Joel Embiid <laughs> right now. It's 2 nothing. Oh, brother. And, and Embiid's got to wait till at least next May when he's running with DeAnthony Melton and Daniel House to try to make it back, man. No, that's tough, man. It's le- legit 2-0 right now. <laughs> Yo, <that's insane. laughs> they got to go to the second leg, man. Yo, this is the real <laughs> Champions League right now. <laughs> nah. <laughs> what, what Joel Embiid plays for is the Europa. <laughs> oh man, no, it's a it's an all around tough conference finals for for the Sixers though, because like they have to watch you know this Jokic masterclass. Yeah, um, this guy got more triple doubles in a single playoffs than Will Chamberlain. Like I actually think we're not properly processing that. Yeah, like that's like insane. You know, like like we're watching some all time stuff right now. Yeah, you you know how I have that kind of a running bit but not really like my version oh, yeah. of Kyrie's conspiracy <laughs> theories is just that I don't I'm not a hundred percent sold that will had a hundred points because mm. I feel like there's so much that Wilt does like statistically that just seems like inconceivable it's like how many possessions are there really in a game where one man grabs 50 rebounds you know what I mean like stuff mm. like that 
But like watching Jokic, I'm like, you know what? That actually makes Wilt more believable in my mind. <laughs> no, it's true, man. It's crazy. Also, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy you bring up Kyrie. Like, if I told you Kyrie and Tristan Thompson were both at a conference finals game, who would you say was sitting courtside and who was playing in the fourth, man? <laughs> Yo, by the way, Tristan Thompson, he didn't play long enough for my taste, man. He, he could have played a little longer. He could have played Yo, a little what, longer. Was, was Mo Bamba not active tonight? Like, what happened? Bro, they were hyping up the Mo Bamba return, man. How much do you think Woj got paid for to tweet out that Mo Bamba has returned from injury just in time to, uh, to prevent the sweep, you know? <laughs> and that he might get some minutes defending Jokic. Like, I, I feel like I, I just wonder how much Woj made from that tweet and also from uh, the Daryl Morey um, uh, fouls tweet going into game seven. Oh, yeah, that one was that one was wild, man. But I don't know, man. Trist- Tristan did give them some like decent minutes tonight. Like all jokes aside. I, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> we, we got to mine ESPN for more talent. Like, you know how they, everyone scouts like the NCAA tournament or they go overseas or they go to all these like, you know, McDonald's All-American games or like the BioSteel game. Like they got to go to ESPN Studios, man. There's more talent there. If you're Yo. telling me someone could play in the finals and get you actual minutes. But I feel like Tristan, I was watching and I was like, OK, jokes aside, he's setting good screens like it. That was a man who I actually felt like knew how to get LeBron open. Like he was flipping his screens, all that kind of Yo, stuff. This guy, this guy went from flipping water bottles with Malika Andrews to flipping screens with LeBron in a closeout game. I'm just this saying, is man. like, That's yo, what's story, going bro. on, man? Yo, why is the NBA like actually insane? No, man? Man, the funniest <laughs> league, man. Nowhere else would you get that storyline. But no, seriously, like he he was he was doing decently out there. He got a couple of stops against Jokic, mostly just by like you know. Um, just being physical with him. I thought the Nuggets, uh, they have a really smart counter for that where they just kind of set, um, you know, a smaller guy to sort of set a back pick for Jokic away from the play. Uh, and then they have Jokic curl off. I think when you're really trying to stay physical and really tight with the guy, that leaves you a little bit more prone to getting screened. You can't really go under if you're getting that attached. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously that wasn't going to work continuously. Plus, I think the Lakers needed more spacing on the floor at the end there, but... Honestly, just a phenomenal game because, like, we saw, like, peak LeBron for the first half. That got the Lakers up, uh, what, wow, 15 points at halftime. Um, you're going to have to tell me about it, though, because I was watching fireworks on Victoria Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although I did watch the LeBron highlights, at least. Um, and then, yeah, third quarter, that's when I started tuning in, and it was literally all nuggets. Like, they erased the, the deficit right away. Aaron Gordon made two threes. Jokic was doing his thing. I thought Jokic was just energy. Like, his energy for a man that big just doesn't make sense for me, man. Like, he'll grab, like, 10 rebounds in a quarter and no problem. And he'll no, play the whole understand. quarter. He'll rebound how's on he, offense. Yo, he'll rebound on defense. How, how's he grabbing boards and then bringing the ball up court, too? Like, on every possession. Yeah, like, he's, he's like pushing, pushing the, the break. break. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Like, I actually don't get it. So... All respects to him. Yeah, first half it was just it was just all Braun. Mm. I, I think I think Braun just felt like he needed to to kind of make that push. And I think he I think he had a career high actually. Thirty one was his career high in like a first half. Yeah, wow. Which is like insane. And he and he ended up playing all forty eight. The only the only so he walked off the court with like three seconds left. Um, in in the first half, like he walked to the tunnel early, oh, and, and that's and that's how Tristan Thompson got the walk off interview with Lisa Salters at halftime. Oh man, you know what? The fireworks aren't worth it, man. That's fireworks right there, man. Yeah, and every question was about bra. Yo, ESPN might have just they, honestly like 
<laughs> they just interviewed a, a, t- a co-worker yeah. man. that's actually kind of yeah. nuts like yo you, you that's think like if they yo, interviewed this... Stephen a smith at, uh, for the walk-off interview like yo this is this is like if blake murphy's pitching for the jays in september man. yo he might have to bro i'm, I'm, I'm seeing you say kakuchi uh, pinch run why couldn't blake murphy pinch uh pinch throw oh. is that a thing yo, in baseball you... i don't know man. no that's Sorry. insane man you think um yo you think tristan's invoicing twice tonight man i feel like he should get an espn check too uh, oh, no, good for him, man. I think he he did enough to secure another contract for me. Yeah, like for no, me, I, like I, I oh, mean, he should be on the Lakers again. <laughs> no, I mean he can still play, but like yeah, with Braun, like you saw the second half, feel like he obviously expended a lot of energy in the first half, and like um like he was just not the same in the second half. Yeah, like what'd you make what'd you make of those last two shots, man? Uh, first off, um, so Darvin Ham had two timeouts. First, he chose not to call the timeout and let it run, which I'm like, okay, that's fine. The Lakers take a little bit too long getting the play set up. LeBron also has an opportunity to attack Jokic. It says he swings it out. They try to do swing, swing into the corner, and there's like four seconds left um, and about 30-some-odd seconds on the shot clock. They were about to set up for a play on, on the inbound, and then that's when Darwin called his first timeout. So I'm like, okay, you know what? In, in hindsight, would you not have preferred to call that timeout at the start of that possession? But I get it. Like, obviously, you can't really coach like that in hindsight. Um, but, okay, let's let's see you come up with something good coming out of that timeout. And they got LeBron curling, I think, maybe off a, a bit of a down screen, but just, like, essentially curling towards the side of the floor where the inbound is coming from. Um, and I, I love Mark Jackson, his predictions on the broadcast too, because he was always saying the, like, the wrong thing. He'd be like, watch <laughs> Yo, out this for is, This is why he's not coaching, man. Because he'll be like, if I were the, if, if I were the Denver Nuggets, I would watch out for Austin Reese as the inbounder. And I'm like, it's not going to Austin Reese, bro. <laughs> anyway, so I'll have LeBron curling towards the ball essentially. And then, yeah, first play, he gets like nothing because he's, curling so far he's like tight on the baseline throws up a a turnaround jumper and he kind of like banked it but like off of like a super obtuse angle like we're talking like at least 140 degrees 150 degrees and it had no chance of really going in um and then yeah the next time down of course they had to call timeout then use the last timeout to advance the ball and you know i wasn't really sure if the lakers just wanted to go for three that would have been a cool moment um, but instead, they go to pretty much a very similar play, just with LeBron curling off a screen, going downhill again towards his left. And this time, LeBron's able to get a tighter curl, and he's able to avoid the baseline and, and drive more in the middle of the floor. But smartly, uh, the Nuggets anticipated this play. Um, Jamal Murray, who was the guy who, um, I, th- I forget who his man was, I think Rui, was screening for LeBron in the middle of the floor. Jamal just completely ignores Rui on the roll and stays there to sort of impede LeBron's drive. And I thought in that moment, based on what we know about LeBron, like it's always the critique. And maybe this is like a 10 year old critique at this point, but the critique used to always be, oh, LeBron doesn't want the last shot, he, he, but he's willing to pass it to the open man, which is the right play most of the time. Now, I think he was erroneously killed for that back when he was like kicking out to like Damon Jones and stuff like that. But like that, that was what we knew about LeBron to be true. Um, and it's not to say that, like, okay, I've never seen LeBron score or a double team, especially if it's Jamal Murray, who's a point guard. But I think you you do wonder if he could take it back. Like, because Jamal was completely ignoring his man, 
and Rui was rolling to the basket, which occupied Jokic staying at the rim, AD made a smart play to flash up to the top. And whatever, I'm not saying that like AD was going to make a super clutch jumper. It's not like he was like super hot in this game. He was 6 of 15. But at the same time, I've seen, I've literally seen Anthony Davis make a game winning jumper against the Denver Nuggets in a conference final setting before. Now that, um, so. I was a little bit surprised LeBron didn't make that read because as soon as he turned that corner and caught the pass and he saw Jamal there, he knows someone's open and it's always the opposite wing. And and AD actually had recognized that play and flashed up rather than staying on the baseline. So um, LeBron went for the shot. I thought it was great defense from um, the Nuggets. You know, Jamal tied up LeBron. It was a very clean play. I thought for sure they're going to bail him out with a foul call. Not in this case. Um, and Jamal tied him up just long enough for Aaron Gordon to come over and block him. And I, I got to say, Aaron Gordon's defense in this entire series on LeBron has just been so damn good. But um, I got to credit to uh, to Jamal for for his contributions there because that was really like if you could split like a sack in, in football, like they should each get half a sack for that. No, this guy's about to make a thunder and lightning reference again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy was, uh, I for, honestly, I forgot who those guys were at this point, man. No, the, the Nuggets were just, honestly, like, I look back at the Lakers, like, getting swept. Like, this is not even that embarrassing to me, man. Like, the Nuggets ah. were just really good, like, over these four games. Like, like the Lakers could have won all four of these games. Mm. Like, like, if you're looking at it, right? But it's like, you just can't beat this Denver team over the 48 minutes like the push that they were able to make in the third quarter and even when it was crunch time like i mean Jokic had that one circus shot but it's like you know their offense is just so solid like when they have those five guys out there and they can get Jokic the ball and like jamal can create too like i mean i don't know man i just came away from this series so impressed with the nuggets it's not one of those things i'm sure we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Boston Miami a little bit too, but you know, I'm looking at Boston and I'm just like so disappointed in them with the Lakers. I'm just like, you just got beat by a way better team, man. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's pretty clear the Nuggets were a better team. Um, but I also think that like, look, the Lakers gave, I, I was pretty impressed with the Lakers too. Like they gave a really good effort. Um, once Jokic took those back-to-back offensive fouls against LeBron, which LeBron clearly exaggerated contact on both of those. But hey, listen, your life is on the line. I actually expect you to flop. I actually, I like that. Um, not to say that those weren't offensive fouls. Those are both offensive fouls to me. Uh, first one lighter than the second one. But like once that happened, I thought the Lakers might push it a little bit. But the back-breaking shot to me was clearly that Jokic, like, I don't know, man, like two seconds left on the shot clock. AD's all over him, and he takes that, like, one... He doesn't even step back. He just one-legged hops right behind the three-point line and somehow finds his balance to throw in that super high-arcing, Derek Fisher-style arcing shot, uh, and it sinks in for three. Like, that... In that moment where the fourth quarter, it's not like the Nuggets' offense was was great. I mean, the Nuggets played a lot slower in the fourth quarter. I thought fatigue was catching up to the Nuggets as well because all their guys was also playing super heavy minutes. Um and they only had 19 points in the fourth quarter. And that three by Jokic was just such a backbreaker. Like, I could not believe it. Also, like, I, I needed to hear Mike Breen say, like, some weird <laughs> version of bang for that one. Yeah, yeah. His voice needed to crack on that one or something. Because all he man. said was, there's a foot on the line. It's a two. And I'm like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, all right, cop. That's, that's an all-time shot for me. Like, <laughs> No, I think we needed a bang for Mark Jackson in that situation. <laughs> I apologize to Nikola Jokic. <laughs> I apologize to the Denver Nuggets. 
<laughs> Yo, they were gassing up Tristan Thompson so hard at the start of the fourth, too. Like, I get it, man. Like, he was setting decent screens. But Mark Jackson's, yo, he's bringing toughness. He's bringing grit. He's bringing championship experience. I'm like, what? He's bringing show notes. <laughs> he's, he's helping the production team. Yo, it's so wild, man. He looks at the but right yeah. camera. <laughs> yo, that shot that shot was wild, though. Uh, and I was also thinking, like, yo, Victor Wembayama's just going to hit those, like, every quarter next yo, season. actually, though, the geometry of his, his game doesn't make any sense. But, like, yeah, no, Jokic is... I don't know, man. I think the most impressive thing to me watching this thing is just, like, this guy legitimately has three ways to beat you, right? Like, the scoring, mm-hmm. obviously, he can beat you with. The passing, he can beat you with. And then also the rebounding. Like, it's hard for me to think about another game in the last, like, 10 years where I can really recall, like, one guy firmly winning the game for his team just based off of rebounding. And that's what that third quarter was. The nugget, Like, it was Jokic, like, playing you know Moses Malone basketball on offense getting all those tip-ins uh, and then on the other because I think the game the, the the play where the Nuggets finally you know overcame the 15 point advantage or disadvantage and uh, went up was Jokic jumping like three four times to get it to KCP eventually and then KCP hit an and one or something like that like I think that was the, actually the backbreaker for for the Lakers in that moment that came off of a whole bunch of tips for Jokic meanwhile he's on the defensive end he's all and, and I said this earlier when we did I think uh, after the the two games where the Nuggets were up two nothing, I was just like, yo, the Lakers have to like stop giving AD the ball to go to the basket because if he misses, he's not going to get the rebound. Or if they send him to crash the offensive rebound, Jokic is going to win that offensive rebound every single time and then push and then the and then like you're not going to have any numbers back in transition. But the fact that you have a center who's that big who can win every rebound and then also has the stamina to play forty five minutes and to constantly push like. You just never seen anybody like it, man. Like he literally won this game for them just off rebounding. I don't know. Yeah, no, he's it's... he's unstoppable right now, man. Because coming into the series, I feel like people were like, even I was thinking like, oh, AD might be, you know, be able to do a decent job on him. He ragdolled AD all series. Yo, it was, it's crazy. That was crazy. And, and, <laughs> And now I already hear people talking about how, like, oh, Bam might be able to be physical with him. Like, I just don't think you can stop this guy right now, yeah. man. No. Like, it's it's crazy, and now they get and now they get ten days off, man. No finals until uh, Thursday, June first. Yeah, Loki. I was rooting for the Lakers at the end there just to steal it, just to have a little bit more content. Like I actually just wanted to see more NBA basketball, man. <laughs> Yo, I was a fan of the league. I don't even know what to do. We're still on the on air right now. Oh, man. brother, we, we we'd actually have to go through the seventy seven Raptors coaching candidates once a day. You, you know, we, we definitely call Grange for another twenty five minutes. We could talk about Steve Nash getting interviewed. I'm sure we'll talk about that here too. Yeah, uh, yeah. but I mean, yeah, man. I mean, I honestly just I, I also wanted to watch more of the Nuggets play. Like they just play such a beautiful style, man. Like. Aaron Gordon, the way he cuts, I mean, I was so happy for him to finally hit some threes, like all series from like literally game one where they made that late substitution to um, put Ruby on 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 uh, AD or on Jokic and then AD was sort of helping off of uh, Gordon uh, and completely ignoring him. It was sort of that plot. I was like, okay, what's Gordon going to do to punish that coverage? And Gordon finally was just like, yo, I can shoot threes. And he did. Yeah, those, yeah, those couple of threes are huge for them Absolutely. too. Absolutely. So I'm really happy for him because he's been playing perfect basketball. Otherwise, defensively, he's been great. I love how great he is at finishing around the basket. You know, like he because he catches it, and sometimes obviously he has the lobs and all that kind of stuff. But it, he'll sometimes he'll just catch it. Um, you know, be solid down low with two hands, be patient, and then muscle his way up and go up. It kind of reminds me a little bit of how OG finishes around the basket, except I think he has even more patience than OG. 
and has a little bit more dexterity to go around around the basket. So I, I really like O'Gordon as a cutter. Um, obviously, Jamal's fantastic. KCP just makes like great. KCP is like having good Danny Green every single game. You know, because like Danny Green literally has won three championships, but sometimes we've mm. seen like I mean, we just look at the 2019 Raptors or, or the 2020 Lakers, for example. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! People were slandering him um, uh, in between tweets about the vaccine uh, for Danny Green. So, <laughs> yo, that's insane, man! They're yelling at Vouchy and Danny Green. Yo, man. legit, those are the two main <laughs> yo, villains on the wild. timeline. That's wild. Man. I didn't understand it, man. Oh man! Yeah, I don't know, man. Nuggets remind me a little bit um of of the 20 of the 2019 raptors too man just just the way mm. they're locked in right now okay i feel like these teams i feel like these te- i mean I, I know raptors had like a crazy critical moment like that game seven against the sixers in the second round the nuggets really to be honest haven't had that like it was 2-2 against phoenix but i don't think they were that stressed like they you know they went home took care of business but like i feel like with the raptors too in the conference finals that's when they started locking in like once they were down 2-0 and then came back to sweep the bucks like you really felt like like you know that 7-8 man rotation was just locked in and like every game they were just locked in and like it didn't matter if they were trailing like they were trailing like you know double digits in the third quarter in that game 6 against milwaukee back in 2019 and made a comeback and this nuggets team is the same man yeah like they trail on the road like you know lakers can make a push there in denver and stuff and like they've just got the composure to just see it through for the 48 minutes man and i feel like when these teams like especially when they get to this level and they're so close to the championship now like they're just locked in right now man yeah and to be honest same for miami too man yo and also the nuggets starting five to me is just like it's gen- genuinely one of the best starting fives I've seen. Yo, it's, it's like perfect. It's like perfectly yeah. assembled, man. Exactly. It's not like best starting five in the way that you look at like the talent on paper and you're like, wow, this guy, this guy, this guy. But like the way they all move and work together, it, it's it's like truly, truly, truly pretty yeah. to watch. And and not to not to slander Embiid, but like you look at the way Jokic is able to play like 45 minutes tonight. Yeah. And sure, like I felt like the whole team was a little bit tired down the stretch. But the things that he was still able to do in the second half, yeah. like I've never seen that from Embiid, man. No, low-key Embiid's conditioning is way worse than Jokic's. Like, yeah, which is I've seen insane. This in time after time and time after time in, in the playoffs. But like there's no – where is that Embiid game where it's like, okay, his shot's not falling, um, but he's going to grab like – 12 rebounds in a quarter the way Jokic did twice in this series. He did that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like that kind of effort in addition to all the other kind of stuff, right? He really slows down the pace like that. Um, No, I just just don't think there's that great of a comparison. Like I think in the regular season, Embiid might have had a better, better regular season than Jokic. I mean, he, he he did score a ton more, but like at no point did I feel like, okay, Embiid's a better player than Jokic um, just in terms of like who's better as a basketball player. Uh, and then, of course, we've seen it in the playoffs. Like, it, it take place. Like, there's guys who could take it to another level. And, and Jokic and Murray are both on that. Like, I saw there was that graphic out there that's, like, players who have the biggest, like, delta between what they do in the playoffs versus what they average in the regular season. And, like, Jokic and Jamal are both, like, plus seven in terms of guys who just average way more points and who can take their games to another level. And those two, obviously, were the, were the top two. Obviously, Jokic got most valuable player for the conference finals he deserves it absolutely but like i part a small part of me wishes like there's one hubie brown character who who somehow minted jamal murray as part of that because jamal like he dominated he had three straight um 30 point games and then he had 25 here tonight including that big tie up against lebron at the final play including 
those plays where, you know, he got fouled by AD um, pulling up for three, which, by the way, was fully a landing space foul. Like, AD landed, like, in his body, his foot down for for uh, Murray to land on. And not saying he did that on purpose, but, like, that is, like, 100% an opportunity to go look at the review. They didn't even review it once. Just like when um, LeBron, like, went up for the rebound, had uh, outside position and just elbowed um, Jeff Green in the head. Again, not an intentional play, but an elbow to the head, 100% of the time, gets reviewed on the monitor, and neither of those were reviewed. So, I don't know, man. Whatever. I, whatever. The Nuggets obviously play honest basketball, too. I think that's the beautiful thing, too. Like, when we when we see the finals, and obviously it's going to be Miami closing it out either tomorrow or somewhere down the line. No, we're it's a wrap see, tomorrow, man. We're going to see two honest <laughs> basketball teams. Two. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is going to be great. I love it for the sport, this, man. Yo, this is going to be great basketball, man. Like... Like I know, we we really got a ration. Um, so so we we have a ban on talking about the finals for like the next five days. Okay, but right. but like I really I'm really interested to see because like Miami makes you play to their level. You know what I mean? Like Miami, like they challenge you. Mm. They like challenge you to play at a certain level. And like I know the Nuggets are crazy talented, but like I'm not writing the Heat off, man. Like I'm not writing the heat off even against this Denver team. Like I just I just can't at this point, man. I totally forgot about these conference finals awards, man. So they started doing this last year. It's the Magic Johnson Award in the West. Yep. Is it? Yeah. Is, and then Larry Bird in the East. Yeah, Larry Bird in the East. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> You're telling me that the Boston Celtics are about to see another man get the Larry Bird Trophy yo. while getting swept. Oh, yo, that's great. Yo, oh, yo, wait. yo. If Gabe Vincent goes off tomorrow, he might get it, man. Like he legit might get Yo, the Larry Gabe, Bird. Gabe Vincent is genuinely a Fred Van Vliet clone. Um, not Yo. in the sense that their games are identical, although they're fairly similar to me. Uh, but also in the fact that like they're undrafted and Kyle Lowry just birthed another one, man. A salute to Gabe Vincent, bro. Yo, how do the Heat suddenly have some of the best shooters in the league, man? Like Duncan Robinson's been reborn. Yo. Like Max Struess has a beautiful shot. And like Gabe Vincent's just been going off, man. I mean, Gabe Vincent's always been like a volume guy in terms of like he, he gets them up there and he's he's kind of a gunslinger Struess is like super hit or miss but like when he's on he'll have six threes and then I think for Duncan you know the funny thing with Duncan is he's been out of the rotation for a while and obviously they've had like guys like Tyler Hero or even like Victor Oladipo and, and they've sort of taken some of his minutes but like one thing about um Duncan he has a great two-man game with Bam Adebayo man they got great chemistry um Bam's I feel like most comfortable doing dribble handoffs and him and Duncan just have a really good feel for it. And now you're seeing a lot of, like, once per game, you'll see Bam throw, like, a super, super tight pass through a tiny window, a bounce pass to, like, Duncan, who's probably getting top-locked, and then he cuts back door. And and there's just, like, one of those per game where it's, like, a beautiful layup sequence. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's partially just him playing with Bam makes him look really good. Because uh, they have really good chemistry, but yeah, no, it, it's actually kind of incredible. Like it, the 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 Boston Celtics get fried by Jimmy um, in the starting lineup, and then they get fried by Jimmy Neutron in the bench lineup. It's a uh, <laughs> truly they were beautiful getting, man. They were getting fried in garbage time yesterday, man. Yo, <laughs> like they just threw Kyle out there just to organize the whole squad for the fourth quarter, and they were still getting crushed. <laughs> I was. I'm not even kidding. I, I didn't think in the modern NBA game you could see an all white lineup anymore, but the Boston Celtics <laughs> were like, "Here you go." Like, I, I mean, technically they had Grant Williams in there, and they could have substituted him for Derek White, which I would have counted. 
on the census. Um, but like watching Muscala and um, oh, Cornette, Luke Cornette, and yeah, Peyton Hauser, Pritchard, Sam Hauser. Yeah. Like, ooh, yeah, that was wild. I didn't even know no. that's possible. I, I actually want to go through the other rosters in the league and see who even has the capability to put out. An all white lineup in 2023. Yeah, you know what? Utah's like, the I feel first like Utah, team I'm going to. I feel like Utah might be able to. Okay. Um, I'm going to look it up I feel right like, now. Yeah, look up Dallas too, man. I feel oh, like Dallas yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like Dallas is a dark horse or I guess a light horse in this <laughs> Yo, case. That's crazy, man. <laughs> They're we, a light we, we, horse we're candidate. We're talking about Canadian geography, man. <laughs> Yo, they're calling him Chicken Muscala out here. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Why am I, I'm, I'm trying to sort by like race i suppose but i can't Yo, actually do it <laughs> yeah this guy's trying to sort by nationality okay man. okay i actually i don't okay so kelly olnick laurie Markinen, yeah uh, kessler kessler so that's three yeah. but the rest is gonna it's a little tough man i they don't, don't have a white guard i oh simone fontecchio so we're okay we're yeah, four. yeah that counts but you can't get to five <sighs> Five is whatever, not man. possible. Whatever, man. They, got, they got Will Hardy. We're going to count that, too. Oh, they got Lucas Samanich, <laughs> but he's a he's a center, right? Yeah, that doesn't count. Okay, they got four. Four is pretty good, man. Four, four is four is pretty good. Um, Indiana, oh. I feel like, was always a low-key candidate for this, but I think they've, they've kind of changed up. Um, I, f- I feel like Dallas might have a shot, but I'm only thinking of Bertans right now. Oh, yeah, I forgot to have Bertans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo. Okay, who they I'm got a, on this I'm roster? Up, I'm gonna look up OKC too. Oh, Composo? They got Composo? This whole time okay. they had Composo. I feel like I never see him all season. He played eight games for six minutes a game. Okay, fair enough. Um, Luca, Composo, yep. Maxi Kleber. Yep. And then Bertans. Ah. Yeah. I feel like they used to have more, man. This one doesn't even count because they all hold passports. Like, no, the that's Boston true. Celtics have the all, all American ones too. No man, it's legit. It's legit a TGI Fridays lineup, man. It's so wild. Yo, that's my favorite coaching adjustment from Missoula in these playoffs. Yo, it was wild. I mean, I know they were down thirty, but like he just waved the white flag for the entire third quarter. Like, yo, damn. He, he he didn't even stagger them. He's like, yo, we're going with the all white lineup. Yo, that's crazy, man. Good for them. And then Grant Williams just checked himself in. I feel like they need TJ McConnell, man. This generation's Kirk Heinrich. They need him, man. Oh, McConnell and Pritchard would be pretty sick. Man. Oh yeah, you're right. Damn. Honestly, no, both guys are Raptor killers too, man. I, I I swear to God, the Raptors would lose by 50 to that white lineup. I, there's just no, no the, way. Heat Celtics also have like, they have those players I love that, that both play real minutes and garbage time minutes. So Grant Williams, I feel like, is one oh, of those yeah, guys yeah. for them. Duncan Robinson is another one. Because I, I saw him raining threes in the fourth for no reason. <laughs> no, good for him, man. Good for him. Sadly, Kyle Lowry is also one of them right now, but... We're just gonna. Yo, we're just gonna I was it, happy man. for Kyle, man. You need a Kyle out there in the fourth to organize oh, yeah. Haywood Highsmith and Nikola Jovic, man. The Pacific Mall MVP. <laughs> Yo, good for Nikola Jovic, man. That's what happens when you when you order Nikola Jokic on Wish, man. <laughs> Yo, what do you think? What do you think? Why didn't Spo put in Haslam, man? You think it was disrespect because they were all chanting for him? Is he dressed? Yeah, he got his hoodie on. He's like zipped up and stuff. I just assumed like, that that's what he wears to the game regardless. I thought that no, was just his fashion style. <laughs> no, that's insane, man. He doesn't even have a jersey underneath. <laughs> no, I mean like would you would you dress UD? Like if you could only dress like what, twelve or thirteen? No, I, that's I, fair. I actually I don't know. No, man. but he was he was in gear. He was in the I think he's on the roster. Okay, so, so I think Spo Spo just didn't want to disrespect because I feel like that's kind of gimmicky, right? Here's a genuine question I have that I I've never thought of up until now, but if you are like not dressed for the game, can you still wear 
uh, the, <laughs> yeah, the team hoodie. Know, That's on that. Yo, you have to ask. You have to ask Coach Thorpe. I, I need Mike Bass of the yes, <laughs> yeah. uh, of, of the NBA to tell me that. Because like, we, what's because you could choose to wear anything. Why can't no, you just fair. choose to wear the zip up hoodie? Maybe he's no. got like a you know dress shirt underneath. You know. No, meanwhile, Gallo's coming up in custom suits every game. Man. Bro, Gallo literally hasn't played all season for the <laughs> man. You know, he was actually the final piece of, of Exodia for them. Like he he could have he could have given them Yo, you all know five what? lineup, man. Yo, you know what? That would have been insane. The spacing would have been insane on that oh, Gallo at the five. That's actually not a bad lineup. Like what I'm thinking about, it, like obviously it's not going to be like uh, a lineup they use consistently. But no, Gallo would have been different for the for that group, man. No, you know, you know, Haslam's definitely not in the running for the Raptors coaching job because they're interviewing everyone, and Coach Thorpe's number one pick has not been reported anywhere. Yo, <laughs> honestly, the more I watch the Heat, the more I'm like, you know what, Coach Thorpe was spitting. Like, I actually kind of, I, you could talk me into, like, if they honestly, if they interviewed Udonis Haslam, I'd actually be happier about it than than them interviewing Steve Nash. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> I really wouldn't mind Chris Quinn, and then they bring Haslam on staff or something. I, I literally would be thrilled with that. You know, like I, I'm, I'm down so bad for for Heat culture. Like you bring me any of those guys, you know. Man, yeah, we'll we'll save some of the Heat Celtics talk for I guess yeah, after we, they we get swept it. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. we we got to ration that. So yeah, like you mentioned, so the big news out of Raptorland today was uh, it was reported. By Shams, I think, that the Raptors met with Steve Nash to ah. discuss their head coaching job. Yeah, um, yeah Steve Nash, uh, what's his record with the Nets? Uh, a it's 584 not, it's, it's, it's not bad. winning percentage. Yeah, but what did he do, man? No, he, he hugged KD. That was it. <laughs> Kyrie, like, from day one was like, we don't need a coach. I'm a coach. You're a coach. Like, that was crazy, man. I just, this one did not excite me at all. I don't think oh, it excited no. anybody. Like, I don't think anyone's jumping up and down wanting to, to get Steve Nash okay. in here. Just to entertain the idea, like, okay, even just sure. for me, I, I I love Steve Nash. I'm sure this is the same for a lot of Canadians. Yeah, you're a seven seconds or less sun stan. Yeah, yeah, I literally have the book by Jack McCollum. Like, you know, like, it's... You know, I, I just really enjoy watching Steve Nash. You know, like when when I hear Nelly Furtado, I, I scream out the line, "Is your game MVP like Steve Nash?" <laughs> Yo, like, you know what I mean? Like, which I, I remixed, which I remixed at karaoke. <laughs> what did you say? Is your game MVP I was like, like, is your game MVP like Nikola Jokic? <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, uh, not bad. Yo, the fallout from that night is still crazy. No, no, anyway, we can't even say on. that on air, man. Sorry, sorry. Go on. Um. Anyway, hard pivot. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, it's, I, I really like Steve Nash, and I respect that, you know, the way he played the game, um, I, I do believe that, like, the way a player plays the game does definitely influences how he's going to coach the game. Mm. Um, I think that you can also say with the Brooklyn Nets that they had a very efficient offense, which I'm like, of course they did. They also had, like, three of the best offensive players of all time, <laughs> but okay, Um but yeah, like that's that's sort of my case for for this. Um, I also think that Steve Ashley does do well in terms of bonding with players. Um, but yeah, I mean that's 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 as much as I really got. Like, no, I don't want to see Steve Nash hired. Um, I don't think he has any relevant assistant coaching um, experience, head coaching experience. He has. He does have, but I don't know how relevant it is because coaching, like the Brooklyn Nets that he had is like the exact opposite of what um, the Raptors have right now. You know what I mean? Like they had Kyrie, 
doing his tweets and Instagrams, and you had KD, and you had James Harden. Like it, it's just they had Ben Simmons. Like it, it's just an entirely different group than what the Raptors have. Not in terms of just the talent, but also the personalities to manage. So I just don't even see how it's necessarily relevant in this case. Um, if you want to say that he has a great offense in mind and want to bring him in as an assistant, I'd be fine with that. Almost be happy with that, you know. But um, as a head coach, I, I just think that, like, yeah, I mean, I would go with one of the other 86 people they've interviewed. Um, and this is yeah. me saying this despite being like a Steve Nash stan. I really love Steve Nash. No, uh, I think I think but, he falls into that category of like coaches you've talked about that like have had a resume somewhere else yeah. and have been let go. And I feel like you're leaning more towards an IM2, like bringing in someone just fresh. Also, like, he, like some, he got like trampled, someone, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I just, I just, it doesn't excite me. Like, I feel like he maybe would be better, like, behind the scenes. Like, you know, when he was consulting with, like, the Warriors. Sure, yeah. You know what? Like, Bring working Steve with Nash specific players. As a shooting specialist. Right. Bring Steve Nash right. in as a, a, as a workout guy. I mean, to be honest, a guy like Steve, like, he probably has other bigger things to do. This yeah. guy's probably got more time on his hands to go to, uh, go see Spurs at Wembley, get dropped, you know, game after game. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, because he's a part owner of Tottenham or something, right? Is yeah, he? Yeah, I suppose. You, you and Nash, you and Nash would be a good interview, though. Oh, I would love we to have talk to, to Steve. We Nash. have to evaluate this. Bro, I think I number love Steve. one. So number one, I think would be JJ Redick for like content purposes. <laughs> uh, content, yeah, like, I suppose. Yeah. Content purposes, I think number one is is Redick. I would put Nash number two. Like. You know, you can make a case for David Adelman if you want, who I saw on the oh, broadcast, yeah. and he looks 12, so he's eliminated from my list. Yo, the funniest thing is when, when head coaches pick assistant coaches who yeah. are their body doubles. <laughs> Yo, that's wild, dude. No, I saw Adelman. He's going to get run over in the locker room like, just based on my eye test. Like he's out. Nick had, Nick had a Trevor Gleason as his Aussie Nick Nurse. Like, Mike Yo, Malone le- really has a backup Mike Malone. <laughs> no, I legit, him, that's, I that's legit what just assistant see- is, I suppose. <laughs> I just need to see headshots of these guys. I'm just gonna judge them by eye tests right, right now. That's man. crazy, man. Yeah, but but Steve Nash is a is a hard no, I think, from from both of us. I, I just think that there are we've interviewed a lot of candidates and there's a lot more guys that inter- interest me um in this position. But listen, man, I, I do like Steve. Um I can't say enough about him as a player. Um, I don't know why I'm sounding like <laughs> yeah, I know what's going on right man. now, man. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. I just I wonder too, like, like I get it, like the Raptors are gonna narrow this down at some point, mm-hmm. but like I, at some, like I just want to know what direction and what they're looking for. Like I almost feel like they're casting too wide of a net, man. Like I get it's cool interview everybody, but it's like mm. I also want to feel like you know, and I'm sure they'll get there in a couple weeks or whatever, but like. I just want want to know that this front office knows what it wants. Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it's like, yeah. it, what's the point of interviewing like 50 people? Like at some point, I feel like you should just narrow it down and really figure out what you want. Because like the spectrum from JJ Redick to Steve Nash to all these guys is really wide. Yo, I, I just wonder like who at MLSC has to approve of the invoices? Uh, of these interviews. <laughs> yeah. I think they're trying to hit every continent, man. I'm telling you, they're going to go to Hong Kong and interview John Bennett. <laughs> Yo, first off, he's not in Hong Kong, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my bad, my bad. Second of all, like, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Someone's just like, really? A, a thousand dollar dinner with Steve Nash? They're going to find a coach in Japan, man. They're going to make sure it's in Osaka, too, or something. Oh. 
No, I mean, again, like it, it, I really love Steve. Like I hate slandering him. I genuinely like I have no, but you're endless not affection for him, him as a player. But he didn't leave an impression as a head coach no, in Brooklyn. Man. And it's not like he had a great like resume before that, in terms of just as in coaching as as, as a player, of course, you know. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I get them. I get them moving towards this like former player wave. But I also yeah, I feel like sure, they're yeah. targeting the wrong former players right now. Does it matter to them, like, if they have any experience, like, you know what I mean, in terms of like managing? Well, that's that's or that's what I want to. That's what I want to know. And I'm sure that I'm, I guess they'll talk about it whenever they introduce the coach. Yeah. But it's like, you know, what's your priority? Like, do you want a guy? Like, is it is it top priority for you to get a guy who like, you know, the players are gonna respect? And like these players are gonna like relate to, right? Yeah. Like in terms of a former player, right? Like, do we need that for the young guys? Because like, to be honest, like you hiring a new coach, like your top priority is probably finding someone that connects with Scotty. Like, I feel like that's one of the top priorities if you're looking at your roster and you're not, you know, moving him. Like he's your one untouchable. Then you have to find someone that like aligns in that way. Yeah, like, can I, speak I, to younger players. I, I think for me, like. More important than speaking to younger players is like, do you have a plan and a system in place to build and develop talent and to build and develop a program, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think best case scenario right now in terms of organizations in the league, that's the Miami Heat, right? And obviously, they have total alignment from president on down to GM on down to, you know, coach to assistants to players to yeah. Giannis has and, and that stuff like, and that stuff was built through like decade like a whole decade yeah you know what i mean like a decade plus they have that and, and then also have guys who they're able to establish an idea um and then they're able to bring talent in and build players i think that's the beautiful thing watching the heat is like aside from jimmy and kyle um everyone else on that roster that they play at a consistent basis is like a, a guy that they built and created you know what i mean like players came to their program and they improved i suppose you could say kevin love and tyler Zell or, or cody zeller but like those guys tangentially play uh, what i'm talking about like bam out of bio like would he have been as good as he is right now in any other program like, i don't really think so you know i don't look at bam and it's like immediately he has all these gifts and all that kind of stuff they put him in the right place the right talent the right mentality to get him to the player that he is right now and bam is severely underrated he's right up there for jimmy with jimmy right now in terms of who's been the best player in that series um especially when you consider both sides of the floor but like gabe vincent duncan robinson like tyler hero who is not even playing you know in the playoffs so far um Caleb Martin, like th- these guys, oh, Gabe, Gabe Vincent, and Caleb Martin have outplayed Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in this series. Yeah, oh, Jalen Brown was horrendous in Game Three, but and also <laughs> watching the the Celtics, I'm like, damn, that's kind of how we look. Not in the sense of like, you know, um, we weren't playing a playoff intensity or anything like that, but like when things got tough for them, when like oh, you had the a lead, def- and the you defense. Lost a lead, the defense and quitting in Game Three was uh, Yo, was very similar to what we watched this year, man. It's it's the it's the quitting on each other defensively. It's yeah. the not getting back in transition. It's the constant crazy <sighs> complaining to officials, where it's like it doesn't even have anything to do with a play. Like you would just let that go if you were more in a better mood or more well adjusted in that moment, but you don't because you're you're really tilted. Um, and then you have like guys taking isolation threes and just like completely out of rhythm plays guys trying to go one-on-two guys trying to flop into opportunities when there's like clearly a better play to be made um 
like that's what all the signs of losing looks like. And I was like, damn, like that's probably how we looked. Except we were playing like the Indiana Pacers instead of the Miami Heat. But whatever. <laughs> no, ga- game three was their sixty-one to twenty-nine. Man, that was their sixty-one to twenty-nine Yo, game. I couldn't. Like it really was. But like exact same thing too. It's like oh, like is there a disconnect between the head coach and the players as well? Right. Mm. Like I don't. I don't even blame Joe Mazzula for game three. Like that's just pure on the players. Like I, I thought it was actually weird when Mazzula went to the podium and I know he has to do this and like he took all the blame and said that his team wasn't ready. Like that was the one game where I wasn't going to give him a hard time because like you could just tell the players just like gave up. I, like well, they weren't playing. Here's the thing though. Did all the players give up? Because I saw Al Horford repeatedly take uh, the coach's chair. <laughs> Yo, also, how do you think first that, of all, how do you think that conversation all, went, man? First of all, this is the second straight series this has happened. Yeah. And like, you need a new head coach. Like, I know they just signed Missoula to like an extension. Yeah. But like, come on. Like, if if you don't like to me, that just shows that they don't they don't respect him and he doesn't have control uh-huh. of that roster, right? Yeah. Like to me, that's embarrassing when one of your guys has oh. to over and over again do this. Like I don't mind if it's once in a while. Like I'm sure LeBron's taken over huddles. Yeah. I'm sure we've seen Kyle and Fred do it sure, here too. Sure, yeah. But it's like in collaboration with the coach. Yep. Like here, I feel like they're just showing them like they're just showing their head coach up at that point, basically saying that like, yo, like we're we'll deliver the message ourselves because like you you're incapable of doing it. Yeah. Um, by the way, one of the funniest things that has come up in the course of the playoffs is, I mean, I should have realized that Joe Mazzulli was a player as well. Um, but did you know he played against Jimmy Butler three times in college? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was actually looking that up the other day. Like, it was Marquette, West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, Mazzulli was like a, I think he was like a bench player type, right? He was like, like a shooter, it seems like, off the bench. He seems like he okay. only takes threes, yeah. I've I've seen him. I've seen photos of him too. He wears these like triple XL baggy yeah, shorts, oh, like yeah. TJ Ford. Yo, it was, he was wearing TJ Ford pants, but it was 2011. Like yo, that makes me yo, respect he, Joe Mazzula more, to be honest. This no, guy looks like just, Adam Sandler, man. He's just a weird dude, man. Yeah, like well, like that's not even getting into know, his man. actual history in terms of what he's oh, he's oh, literally been accused of, like or not even no, accused of, prosecuted uh, for, like. But but I thought I thought uh I thought Sweet Chi uh aka Sweet Cheeks aka aka Boston Will Lose Sweet Cheeks yo like he made a good point when he was like yo the Celtics have been like this like across three coaches right like with Brad Stevens with Ime and and with Missoula like I just don't understand like these guys have accumulated so much like playoff experience at like the highest stage Mm -hmm. we're talking like conference finals against LeBron all these conference finals against Miami the finals against Golden State and it seems like that they just don't learn a single thing like they just don't change the way that they are yeah and And it finally caught up to them in this series no it's actually quite beautiful to see No, Sorry, this like, was, it's actually no, so this was, funny to me. But this is what I was saying coming into the series. It's like, I just thought the Heat were going to dismantle them because, like, the Heat just don't beat themselves, right? Yeah. Like, the Heat just plays so solid. Like, we sit here and talk about games, you know, and, and we break down the different plays and stuff, and we can point out, like, all the mistakes that, like, teams make even when they win and stuff. Like, Miami is just so solid, man. Like, I actually don't get it. Like, they're just so locked in. It's crazy. And it's like, any they're other just, team they, They're losing, healthy and they execute, man. Yo, but the thing is like, okay, so Kevin Love, like, you know, like hurts his back. Sure, yeah. Um, or whatever. I, I don't know what he hurt. But like, he like left the game early. Yeah. 
in in game three and like for any other team like even thinking to the raptors if you lost like a rotation guy if you lost a starter Mm -hmm. like that just messes them up for like two weeks bro there was a real portion of the season where i was on reaction podcast being like if they just had pressures healthy for this game (laughs) yeah but it's like they just keep it moving yeah and they just keep it moving like you don't even feel that impact yep Yep. like that's wild to me yeah i mean i think it's just that's just that's what a healthy team looks like like the heat look like in a very different way but like in terms of process in terms of how they execute in terms of how they play for each other they look like the 2019 2020 raptors to me like every single guy is making a play for the next guy they play fast they play the right way they play for each other defensively they're locked in everyone's committed to playing both ends of the floor it, it looks really good, right? and they have their their baseline is just so high. Like I haven't seen the Heat play a bad game all playoffs outside of the playing game where they lost against the Hawks. Um, but like, yeah, like once once they've gone into the playoffs, their their baseline level of play is just so high. They execute in an in incredible way, as you mentioned re- repeatedly. They don't beat themselves, which is something that is super apparent when you see. You know, them play against the Boston Celtics, for example. Like, how many times is Jalen Brown going to drive into three guys and then kick it out to Jimmy Butler? Like, it, it's, it's like, come on, guys. Like, it, it's just sad to see sometimes. But, um, yeah, th- their execution is just really good. And I do wonder, like, okay, is that going to eventually run into an, another functional team like the Denver Nuggets, who also play great team basketball, who are also really committed both ends of the floor, but they also have special game-changing talent? Right. And, 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 you know, the Heat have it with Jimmy Butler, but I've seen Jokic access that higher level more consistently than Jimmy. But no, I mean, I, I just think that that's what won out when you look back on this whole entire season and this entire playoff run. Like the two most healthy, functioning team basketball programs won and, and met each other in the finals. Uh, and it wasn't like talent necessarily got them there in terms of like that kind of star power stuff. Like we saw the Phoenix Suns, like they took two games off the Nuggets, which is super impressive. Because KD and and Booker were scoring 80 points, literally. But, like, that's not what got them there. Like, we're not seeing those type of teams anymore. We're not seeing LeBron as a superstar with, like, two other stars. And then, like, no offense to Big Cat, but, like, Jamal McGlore and, like, Mario Chalmers as the other guys. You're seeing, like, true team-oriented basketball making all the way to the finals. And, yeah, it's to me, it's it's it's, it's going to be really beautiful to see. Um, by the way, I I bought, I bought myself enough time to look up their uh, game log. So the three times that uh, Joe Mazzul is squared up to Jimmy Butler as a player. <laughs> yeah, this is so funny, man. All right, so this first one is uh, 2010. No, 2011, hmm. January 1st, 2011. West Virginia versus Marquette. Marquette beats West Virginia 79 to 74. Uh, Jimmy, Joe Mazzula came off the bench, two of six from three for... No, sorry, two of six uh, from the field, not not threes, for four points, five assists, two rebounds. Not bad game, honestly, as a bench guard. I feel like he could use that from, like, any of his bench guards right now. Uh, but Jimmy Butler had ten points for the starting group, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, two blocks in the win. Um, also, by the way, Jimmy Butler came off the bench for a while for Jay Crowder, which is kind of wild. Jay Crowder, wow, he had 29 points on 12 of 14 <laughs> shooting. What the Yo, hell? did did Bossman wear 99 in, at Marquette? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to look up a photo right he now. He wore yeah. 32. So this is a, re- oh, so he wasn't a, boss a, a regular yet. human number. Yeah. Uh, they met again March 9th, 2011. Uh, Marquette once again won 67 to 61. Uh, shout out to these two programs. Clearly defensive first old programs that we're looking at here. Joe Mazzula started in this game 3 of 7 from the field. An offensive explosion. N- nailed two threes as well. Had five assists. Six turnovers though. True uh, in, in, in tr- Keeping true to his uh, Boston Celtics 
ties and also played all 40 minutes. Uh, but yeah, eventually he lost. Jimmy Butler had nine points on the other side uh, in 36 minutes. And then the last time Joe Mazzulla played uh, Jimmy Butler, West Virginia actually won 63 to 62. So the one time that they actually played each other and Joe won, uh, Joe had two points off the bench in 17 minutes with three steals and Jimmy Butler uh, had nine points in 37 minutes um, in the losing effort. I, I do wonder if they matched up against each other, like literally one-on-one, because they're both guards. No, we need we need tape of that, man. Yeah. And, Sp- and Spo was probably in the video room cutting up tape for Riley Yo, for that. I, I, need, I, I feel like it wouldn't be such a Spo thing to have that tape ready and they should play that at practice, like in film session? Yo, what, what year was that last matchup? What year was that last matchup? I think matchup? it was also 2011. Okay, so yeah. so Missoula hasn't beaten Butler in an important game in 12 years is what we're going yeah. with. No, this is hilarious, man. Shout out to him, man. And also, Yo, I feel I feel like in retrospect, too, the Bucks like the Bucks look slightly better now losing to the Heat because mm. like they lost to the East champs, and like for 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 Miami to also embarrass Boston too, like listen, man, like Giannis is still gonna catch a slander for like what he said, you know, steps to success and mm. stuff, but like. In retrospect, like you just got to respect this Heat team for the run that they've been oh, on. Oh yeah, no, this, like I, this I, I, I don't run, look man. at them. I don't look at them like in going to the finals. Like automatically, I'm like, yo, Heat Nuggets is gonna be at least six games. That's like, yeah. that's like, that's the respect I give the Heat right away. And like, I'm not even ready to just pick the Nuggets, man. No, like I, I, that's fair. I, I want to see how they defend Jokic. Like I want to see how they match up. Like I, I just feel like this Miami team. Like you can't look at them as an eight seed, obviously anymore. And like, yo, I'll take the chances. I'll take my chances with this Miami team against anyone right now, man. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think the biggest thing is how much can they involve Jokic in guarding the three point line. And, like, mm. Jokic, for a guy of that size, like, he actually shows at the three-point line quite a bit. But I feel like he does more of the high wall, high hedge kind of thing in pick-and-roll coverages. The Heat do a really good job of getting guys to move off ball to get open for threes. So I, I do wonder how exhausting that will be for Jokic. Because I feel like, I mean, having watched the last couple of years, like, that feels like the only way to really beat him is to have true, great pick-and-roll play. Like what we saw last year with Steph um, for that Warriors team when they beat him 4-1. I mean, that one was also the, the, the Nuggets had a super depleted squad. Um, and the, some of those games are still really close, so credit to Jokic. But, you know, the way they kind of got at him was pick-and-roll. But then again, pick-and-roll with Steph is a totally different thing than pick-and-roll with, like, you know, with all due respect, Gabe Vincent or even Jimmy Butler, so... Yeah, we'll see, man. Um, all right, a couple more things, and then we'll wrap up. Um, Woj reported that the Bucks are narrowing their coaching candidates down to three. Uh-huh. Nick Nurse, Kenny Atkinson, and Adrian Griffin. You think Nick and Adrian are flying to these interviews together, or what's going on, man? Uh, knowing Griff? Probably. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> All right, no explanation. <laughs> Hard pivot. Really? We can't... Uh, you know no, this guy, you this, guy calling, this guy calling him carpool karaoke right now, man. <laughs> Yo, that's wild. Call the Uber pool, man. Yo, it's gonna cost a couple bucks if you want to coach the Bucks, man. You call the 
saw the Uber pool, and then it's like, you'll be riding with Nick Nurse to the Pfizer yeah. Forum. Yo, that's insane. He, he's saving $4 on the ride share, man. Can we, you know what? Honestly, this one, we could just tell this story, right? Can we just tell this story? Like, no, what, no, no. Leave it. Leave it. Why, why no, we... leave, just leave it for now, man. We're good. We're okay, good. fine. We're good. On a future banter pod episode, like, I will explain so, what somebody, happens. Yeah, yeah. When, when we take questions on a banter pod, just someone say, explain the Griff story. Yeah, and then just, we'll, seriously. Trust me. It's, it, 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 it was a sense. griff. It was a griff. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, brother. Yo, man. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so low-key, the Bucks, I guess, have been doing their thing mm-hmm. and, like, have narrowed it down to three now. Well, look, they actually and... have a process. <laughs> <laughs> they actually... No, but this is my thing. Like, I know the Raptors are going to get there, but I just, uh, like, I need to know. Like, I need to know their vision because I feel like that's been a big question about this franchise for, like, the last, like, four months. But here's the thing. Like, so Nick got late. Like, he got fired, like, one week after the playoffs start, or play-in started. So, like, sure, we're talking about, like, I don't know, last week of April, right? Right? Like, we're in the last week of May here. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, like, a head coach needs to be, like, pr- announced tomorrow or even this week. Um, but we we haven't even heard about finalists. You know what I mean? Like, no, we're still at the still, stage where just, it's like, They're oh, just Steve still Nash meeting people. Yeah, the they're just they're still just meeting random people for coffee, man. But we need some content these next 10 days is all I'm saying. Yo, genuinely. Look. Like a coaching hire these next like before the finals. At would, this point, would, if you're in the, if you're even tangential or related to the NBA and you haven't got an interview from the Raptors, like you should just quit. Like that should be your sign that, that basketball's <laughs> no, you not in your future. You know, you know the funniest thing. I haven't seen one report about the Pistons job in like three Yo, weeks. They're all just like <laughs> they might hire Kevin Ollie. I was like, bro, just get him. Like college is Yo, done. <laughs> Yo, they legit gonna have one of those job fairs. <laughs> Like, especially oh. after they dropped to fifth in the draft. Like, it's looking tough for them, man. Yo, that's tough, man. Oh, holy. Anyways. Yeah, so, um, but, I mean, Nick and Milwaukee, I mean, that that would... I mean, I think Milwaukee's issue is half-court offense, but I'm not really sure how you would solve that. I, I do think that Milwaukee has another level to access on defense in terms of if you can take Nick's creativity with the fact that the Bucks have a lot of, like, established defensive talent already... Um, I know the Bucks are already a really great defense, but I think once you get to a point of being a great defense, you also need to be a great defense in like four or five different schemes. And I think Nick can actually do that for them. So that that fit makes more sense to me than like even Philadelphia, for example. Um, offensively, I think they should just hire an offensive co- a coordinator. And also part of that is just due to talent. Um, I don't think Nick is going to solve their half-court offense um, just based on what he's done here in Toronto, but... Yeah, I, I know. Um, I, I know. Masai's gonna be down bad when when Nick gets Giannis before uh, he gets Giannis. So, well, just looking at these this list of the three, like to me, Nick is the favorite here. Uh, like just just based on what he's accomplished Griff, recently. What's Griff even <laughs> yeah. saying there, man? <laughs> this guy's gonna be like, actually, I, I I came up with the boxing one. No, that's insane, man. No, I hope Griff. I hope Griff gets a job somewhere. Maybe Detroit. Yeah. Oh no, Griff's, maybe Detroit. Legit. Griff seems to have like, getting real momentum, and I'm really happy for him. Like I, I, he he's he's been an assistant coach for a long time. He's yeah. also played um, in the league. Like it, it's yeah, like it. You know, it makes sense. And and this is the grind for most players or most coaching candidates who aren't like these like super flashy point guards. Like I mean, essentially, if you're a point guard, you, you're walking into a head coaching job if you want one, right? Like Chauncey Billups. 
you're walking into one. Jason Kidd, he walked into a head coaching job right away. And he walked right into Jordan Crawford, who like poured <laughs> his cup of steezes all over his jacket for the timeout. Yeah, by, by the way, multiple people messaged me saying that they still use steez. Okay, but I'm pretty good. sure they're all I'm pretty sure they're all in their 40s. No, steez is not done yet. You're right. You're right. I wonder what steez is for the generation before you guys, man. Yeah, I okay, that's what I want to know. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. you're 60 and listening, what swag do you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what what is <laughs> Like what was what's these in Riz? the 70s? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like if someone had crazy. charisma in the 70s, like what did you say? Yeah, that's the like, yeah, I need yeah, to know. You know. He was um, punk? He's the like bees I don't know. Knees. <laughs> Yo, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, show some, show some all my steezies out there, man. But yeah, like uh, I think Griff, you know, yeah. Nick obviously has had the experience most recently, like coaching a winning team. Like I think Griff, maybe that that job that he's gonna get is gonna be with more of a rebuilding team, like on on a longer term. Yeah. Like to be honest, like I think Detroit for- actually makes sense. Sure, I, like, I suppose. Yeah. I, I don't know if they've connected yet. Um, but they're still waiting on Kevin Ollie, man. <laughs> Yo. And also Kenny Atkinson famously, so Golden uh, State assistant last year, accepted the Hornets job. Yeah. I think this was during the finals, and then they won the finals, and I think right after the parade, he's like, I'm actually staying in Golden State. Yo, that was so, wild, man. He's <laughs> great like, call though. Great call though, man. Like Yeah, no, he was genuinely like, Why would I He he would have been at the podium instead of Mark Williams, man? <laughs> Yo, by the way, a friend of mine shouts to Josh. Josh pres- presented to me that now that the Charlotte Hornets have the number two pick, they gotta take Brandon Miller. Because <laughs> oh, if, no. if you just look at like if you go to the Wikipedia page for every player on the Charlotte Hornets, but skip past mm. their playing career and go to personal <laughs> or like controversies oh, no. they have oh, no. they, they have an alt they have the 70 they have the 73 win warriors for controversies <laughs> oh no if they man. drop brandon miller man they need that team i saw i saw Mal- miles bridges as a screenshot going around he like posted a screenshot of him on a zoom with mj <laughs> oh, like oh, mj mj needs to just sell this team yo, sell and the just team, please and just go live in vegas man go play cards man yo i like, finally like, i finally watch air by the way um, oh yeah, what'd you think, man? I didn't realize how much money he made off of like selling shoes. Oh, I mean, he's still like, making that money right now, man. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just silly for this because I, I really don't care about shoes. But like, you, you tell me he made three hundred million dollars like per year just off of wearing like his Bro. Sh- sh- people wearing Jordans. What you make? What you make of your guy Chris Tucker, man? Um, he looked like he was CGI. <laughs> <laughs> Like that was AI, man. There was no way, man. That was that, yeah. was, that was Chris Tucker's G- GPT, whatever. Man. Like, Yo, also, there was also no speak- way he looked like that. No way. Also, speaking of rashing, since you're caught up now, um, next next Monday's app, we're gonna do our succession finale react pod as well, then, because there's gonna be no basketball. Oh yeah, honestly, at this point, people like the the fact that there's any basketball content at all, and we're stretching mm-hmm. it out to an hour is like. We're you, just you got, using basketball. This. We're just using basketball as a way to just banter. Yeah, like it's, that's it's, that's the whole that's the whole steez right now. Okay, right? all right, you're you're, you're killing steez, man. <laughs> Yo, that's the whole bees I'm call, knees. I'm calling right you Greg Steez, man. <laughs> Yo, bees knees. That's like Payne Pritchard crossing up <laughs> Sam Howes. They're like he got the bees knees the way he did in the Charleston. Yo, that's Yo, probably that's what Mark insane. Jones would have said in the 1950s, man. Yo, Calling the Toronto Huskies game. Yo, that's insane, man. Oh, man, I don't even know what we were talking about, He's man. smoking oh, yeah. on that tobacco pack. <laughs> Yo, it's smoking on those 50-cent Marlboro lights. 
<laughs> oh man, oh, oh, we're talking dude. about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They the probably Milwaukee were job. literally smoking on those Marlboro Lights, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's halftime. insane. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the Bucks job. Yeah. yeah well, I guess. I guess if if Nick wants it, it's it's his job. I feel good like good for him. If man, that's man. the final three. Yeah. And and I assume the Bucks aren't dumb. Like they they would have consulted Giannis on this, obviously. Uh huh. And Giannis got a lot of respect for Nick. Just going back. Yeah, no, nah, you know all these interviews with like Giannis looking at Nick or like uh, KD looking at Nick or like Joel Embiid looking at Nick. Like it's it's all the Diddy me, man. It's <laughs> who do you think? Who do you think out of those guys respect? Like who who out of those three respects Nick the most? I think it's Giannis, man. Giannis is the most respectful dude in terms of like you know what I mean. Like he's, I, I he's just got think the best too, manners. Like, I just think too that 2019 conference finals, the way he talked about it, mm. like that was the biggest hurdle that yo, he had to he overcome. Yo, remember he was saying he's like, yo, man, in my dreams, I see Kawhi guarding me with Marcus All as the helper, and I was like, yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. Yeah, I like and, that anyways, I, I'd be interested, man. And also, like, I was thinking too, like. Like most fire, like NN hat colorway, depending on where he goes. Oh yeah. To be honest, the Phoenix one would be the most fire if they do like a valley. Yo, they should like have, a valley type sh- colorway. They should have Nick Nurse, like you know, when college player or like high school players decide on their college and they have all those hats oh, in front yeah. of them. He just brings the hats out <laughs> Yo, to a press conference. I, I need him the colorway for like blue for Philly or like green <laughs> Yo, for Milwaukee or orange Yo, that's for Phoenix. Yo, that'd be hard, man. I need Nick Nurse to have his own like announcement. And by the way, his glow up is crazy too, man. Because like this is like you. You broke up with somebody, but then they're like, they're on like The Bachelor next. <laughs> and you're like, damn. <laughs> Yo, that's insane. <laughs> this is tough, man. No, nah, good for him, man. And I'm sure he's going to get paid like, you know, at least the same amount. Oh, if all these teams want you, then yeah, I mean, you know. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I, I I guess based on this report, like I'm guessing he's going to Milwaukee then unless the other uh, the other teams step up here. Because if, if that's final three and, and, and they're offering him the job, like. Yeah. I Man. think as long as Nick manages to avoid telling BBL stories in his interviews, I think he should get a job, like, fairly soon. Oh, man. Yeah. But oh, if, man. if he says, like, you know, back in Birmingham, um, <laughs> I, I ran the uh, ZMT off defense. Yo, the Z- no, oh, man. I, honestly, I was such a Nick stand, man. You don't understand the sheer volume <laughs> yo, of Nick content yo, I've consumed. Yo, ZMT is legit TMZ backwards. <laughs> what are we doing, man? Are we running surveillance? <laughs> Okay, for people who don't know, the ZMT defense <laughs> stands for Zone Man Trapper. And oh, so, yeah. isn't, isn't that YouTube video you found? Didn't they delete it after oh, yeah, you promoted yeah. but, it? But <laughs> fortunately, someone took notes, so I actually have all. Mm. I literally took. I did the. I did the TMZ defense on the ZMT defense, um, and oh, it was man. against the London Towers, who had their version of Shaq and Kobe, except for the fact that like the other three guys couldn't do anything, and so Nick Nurse played. A ZMT defense where he had two players play man on Shaq and Kobe for London. Uh, then he had two guys playing in a zone, and then he had one guy trapping the ball. And that was the whole defense. They literally ignored everyone else and created a defense where there's a constant double team on whichever one of Shaq or Kobe has the ball. And then they have a zone essentially standing at the edge of the paint to prevent anything at the rim. But they were allowing everyone else to shoot wide open threes. And apparently it worked. So that's the, I mean, like I've consumed way too much of Nick Nurse details over the years, but I am truly always impressed by, you know, the, the levels of chicanery he's able to get up to in terms of his creativity. So as long as he doesn't tell that story, though, in an interview right now, um, I think he's going to be good. So damn, that's a while, him, man. Bro. All right. That's uh ZMT is the time to wrap up, man. I yeah. guess. Um, all right. Let's let's save uh, let's save Mello retiring. Maybe we'll talk a little Ooh. bit about that tomorrow. Yeah. 
No, ration that content, man. Yeah, ration that mellow. We won't check in on the Raptors Twitter account today, but but just just to let you know, <laughs> this is the reverse surveillance. The Raptors Twitter account is now under surveillance by the Raptors show. <laughs> the last couple have been okay for me, but you know, again, okay. Um, okay. The last one I saw was a Ron Harper Jr. Asian cool. Heritage Month. That was cool. Yeah, Shouts I think to Ron we got. I think we got to wait till the day they hire a coach. I think there might be some, you know, might might be a spicy meatball from them. Um, okay. Definitely on draft night when when they pick thirteenth, mm. <laughs> I want them to fire back at the fans. I think that's a great approach for an official team account. <laughs> Going at the fans is so funny, man. Yo, I, I couldn't believe it. But that that's the one too that set me off. Because otherwise, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna let it go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I understand. No, the one that set me up was when they asked for the favorite moments. Like, I understand if it was like a sponsor thing. Like, you got to get it out for like LG or like Tangerine mm. or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But like they were just straight up like, yo, what are your favorite moments? Like, come on. They they were asking like... that in, in full like earnesty. <laughs> yeah. But the, the 13 one, that one step, I was like the first one, I'm like, you know what, listen, there's a there's a corniness that comes with the job, right? You're tweeting from an official account. Like sure. obviously you can't just be like, you know, down with the people, or whatever. Um But that 13 one was wild, bro. People were just like it was like, y'all acting like you haven't seen who's been picked thirteenth before. And I'm like, huh? You can't be bragging about picking 13. Like, yeah, here's, no, here's the man. official tweet. It was so it was sent um, the night of the draft lottery yeah, yeah. at at midnight, uh, past midnight, 1222 a.m. Um, and it said a lot of y'all have never Googled past 13th overall picks. And it shows good night with the sleeping emoji. Yeah. So that, was, listen, that was fire. There, there are some good players drafted 13th overall, right? Like, I, I'm not saying that that, you know, hasn't been. The case you can go back and look at some some really great ones, but um, I don't know. I'm also looking at a list right here: Jalen Duran, Chris Duarte, <laughs> no, you, Kyra you just Lewis. Don't understand. You just don't understand. The Raptors fan base is like a pack of wolves right now. Giorgio <laughs> like Papayanis, were... Kelly no, Olynyk, Kendall no, they Marshall. Got, yo, they got the daddy Greek freak. Yo. <laughs> they got Papayanis. They got daddy freak. <laughs> Yo, that's insane. <laughs> Giorgio's Papayanis, man. Yo, Tyler Hansbro, of... Ed Yo, Davis, that... Brandon Rush, Tavo no, Sapolosha, Sean May, Marcus Banks. <laughs> yeah. Yo, there's a lot of Raptors who have been on this list, man. No, Sean May is also another crazy pull, man. Yo, Corny Alexander? Who is that, oh, bro? That man. sounds like he a was, university. Yo, that sounds like a high school. That sounds like a junior he was, school. He was on the Wizards, man. His his jumper was pure, man. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, his yeah, jumper yeah. was pure. Keon Clark was drafted 13. There's a lot of Raptors on this list. Wow. Damn. Yeah. I mean, there's good players um, here, though. Zach Levine, you know, Devin Booker, Donovan no, Mitchell, sure. did, Kobe, didn't obviously. Bam, but... did, Bam, did Bam go in the mid? Did he go 13th? He did not go 13th, but Tyler Hero did. You okay. know? So Yeah. Shows a hero, yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. just I'm not, I'm not intentionally picking 13. You know what I mean? So no, I hear you. Yeah. it's it's just funny. Um, it was Yo, just did gotta, Brandon gotta, gotta Rush play for the Raptors. Why am I looking at his name like he he was a Raptor? No, you think about Kareem Rush. Oh, uh, I'm thinking about Kareem Rush. You're right. Brandon Rush was uh, uh Indiana Pacers. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Man. Yeah, we gotta play. We gotta play that guest to player game. By the way. Oh yeah, I got you, we, man. We have like um, you know five days that we're not gonna see NBA basketball, so. Uh, we might have yeah, to just so, we so, might have to do so, trivia. No, I got you. I got you. Um, so at the end of every at the end of every show, what we're gonna do is I'm I'm gonna pull up a player on Basketball Reference, mm. and I'm gonna list you their career, and you have to guess. So I got one for you right now. Oh, okay. All right, let's go. Okay. So this one's pretty easy. I'm gonna start you out pretty easy. 2005, joined the league with Atlanta. Uh huh. 
So 05 to 2012 was was with Atlanta. This is Marvin Williams. Oh my God! Come See? on, bro. That that was too easy, man. All right, fine. Well, let what other go. kind of clues are you gonna give me, man? That's too easy. No, let me go with something crazy. Then. All right, all right, give me one sec. Right. Give me one sec. Give me one sec. Just like talk for two minutes, man. You know what? In the meantime, how about I give you one? <clears throat> all right, all right. Let's do that. All I'm right. Just so waiting for this dude to load. First off, uh, uh, he was drafted thirtieth overall in two thousand and five. All right, so this mm. is, there's no way you're gonna mm. guess off of that. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, he averaged a double double consistently with the Knicks. You gotta give me the years that he played for them, man. I don't care about okay. him averaging a double double. <laughs> oh five to to to, to 20, 2010. Michael Sweeney? No, man. That's come yeah, on. Okay. Bro. That's um. What what other clues here? He's a two time All Star. No, I don't care. You just gotta give me his career. That's how it works. What? <laughs> you just give me chronologically his career. Really? Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, then he went to Golden State for five years. So two thousand. You said two thousand and five. Yeah, thirtieth pick, two thousand and five. Played to two thousand and twelve. F- five years with the Knicks, then five years with the Warriors. Yeah. Then Boston, Dallas, San Antonio for brief stints. Well, actually, not so brief. Actually, he played a decent amount of time in those spots, but. Boston, Dallas, San Antonio, and then retired in 2017. What was his last team? Spurs? Spurs. But you will not think of this man related to the Spurs, I promise. Even though he played 79 games with them that season. Yo, At the is age he of 33. White? He is, is white. He white. He is white. I know. He's, oh, man. He's white, but he got a, he got a Chinese name. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is my guy, David Lee. That, exactly. Yo, this is my guy, David Lee. I needed that hit, man. Yo, that was, that's a crazy hit. I could have given you that first, man. You would have guessed it immediately. How, yo, I love how chaotic you are with this game, man. The what? game is straight up. You just list out the years. <laughs> oh, my this man. guy was jumping around. He's like, yo, he had 30 rebounds on Christmas 2007. I was like, yo, what? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I thought, I thought the clues were, were, were on point on this one. No, though. man. This guy's so chaotic. You just tell the guy's career. Okay, all right. All, all right, right, let me hit you with one, all right? all right? 2011, started his career with Utah, okay? Okay. 2011 to 2019 with Utah. What? And then Cleveland, Sacramento, Golden State, Philadelphia, New York, and Detroit. You should get this one. So he came into the league 2011 and played in Utah for, until 2019. For like, yeah, until 2019, and then went to Cleveland, Sacramento, Golden State, Philadelphia, New York, Detroit. You'll get this one. Played in Utah for that long? Who was even in yeah. Utah for that long, man? And then basically bounced around like one year with all those other teams. Utah, and then Cleveland, Sacramento, Golden State, Philadelphia, New York, Detroit. Damn, no, this is this is tricky. I don't I don't know. Damn, and it's, like a, it's I, a really obvious one, eh? Like you know him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, like I'm you not, definitely I mean, know him. I'm a, I'm a fan of the league. You know, I'm an NBA fan. That's uh, it's it's Alec Burks, man. Alec, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> yo. That's, I've never like you don't understand. Like, I'm an NBA fan, but I've never like <laughs> mentally processed Alec Burks, man. Like, no, I hear you. I, I hear you. <laughs> Yo, this Yo, that's, alone... that's a crazy pull, man. That's crazier than no. David Lee, man. Damn. No, you know what we gotta do? Legit, this might be the worst pod ever. But like, we just get James Herbert on when we do this for an hour. Honestly, like Friday when we have no content whatsoever, I, I might need that. Oh man, yeah. don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna draft all time favorite finals. Mm. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what we're gonna do, man. We're gonna get let's get Amy on. Yo, this is a this is the craziest profile, man. This guy played four years with Boston as the twenty first overall pick. Then he right, played in uh, twenty twelve to twenty sixteen. <laughs> okay. Then he played in Toronto, and then he's played in China ever since. 2012 to 2016 was with Boston. What year was he in Toronto? 2016. Oh, this is, this is Jer- yeah. Jared Solinger. Yeah, that's Yo, easy. This, this guy has the craziest faster reference page. It's just as Wait, no Phoenix, no Phoenix though? Because no. he got traded in the PJ Tucker. He, he deal, got waived right? immediately. So he didn't okay, technically so play. So no there. games. No it's games. It's literally right. just Boston four times, Toronto, and then China, China. <laughs> <laughs> no. You should pull up Patrick Beverly's, man. It must be even crazier. Oh, it's Patrick like it's like tough, Russia. Yeah. It's like Houston, Russia, Ukraine, <laughs> Houston, LA, Croatia, <laughs> Yo, this, LA, Chicago. <laughs> his career literally looks like the flight path of like Connor yo, Roy. It's, yo, it's wild, after, after, after this, uh, actually, I can't. I, I suppose we can't expose in terms of the endings and stuff like that. But no, but yeah. we're definitely gonna. We're definitely. We'll do a spoiler alert, and we got to do a finale thing mm. after after next Sunday. All right, that's fair. Um, all right, man, that's cool. it, man. We can't. We can't be giving them two hours. All every right, day. Jr. Apologize, bro. Um, we're gonna send these uh, to you earlier, but uh, yeah, you know, Lakers, uh, good game. Honestly, I was pretty impressed with the Lakers. All playoffs, man. Um, they, they, you know, they won as far as they could, but the Denver Nuggets are just too low right. above them. So, all right, Magic. Why did you need to say that to wrap up? Man? Yeah. All right. Well, great review. Like- Subscribe to the podcast. You're not gonna get trivia anywhere else. And uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with more content.